Well, folks, it's Brian Howard here, and I have on my show, Living in Calgary, Real Estate and Lifestyle, a long time, I'm a fan, a long time fan of Mario Tonaguzzi. Am I saying your last name? Yeah, right? That's good. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, and Mario, I moved to Calgary in 2003 um, from the East Coast of Canada. I moved here primarily for the schools and the Alberta Advantage, the economy. I sort of fell into real estate as opposed to wanting to you know, be a realtor, but it's been a great career the last 20-ish years. And I've been a longtime follower of you and fan of you. Mario is, uh, I guess, probably started his career 37-ish, 37 years ago with Calgary Herald. Longtime reporter, just being in that capacity over the last 37 years, Mira, you've seen an awful lot of changes and you have repositioned yourself these days to be a freelancer. You're doing lots of digital marketing and uh, podcasting and journalist type behavior and was recently recognized as one of the most top 10 influential business reporters in the world. Mario, great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. And, and just that, you know, it's actually, I shouldn't say this, but it's actually 40 plus years now. Right. <laughs> I assume so. Yeah, there was 35 years at the Herald and I started, I started my career May 1979 and in the little town of Nelson, BC, and, and then moved to Calgary in October of 1980. And really? boy, what a time to move to Calgary. <laughs> it was. So it was exciting, exciting, exciting. It's just the market was like really heating up about 1980. And then sort of crashing, was it late 81 or early 82 that the, the first crash happened in your, yeah. in your life in Calgary? Around then. But you, you know what's interesting? I'm actually from the East too. I'm from I'm not far east but i'm uh, from ontario i was born and raised in ottawa and i moved out as i said to nelson but i remember the day that i i came to calgary it was october 28 1980 and and i remember i was you know i worked down the herald had a building downtown right at that time it was right across from the from the bay there on 7th avenue mm -hmm. and for the first week the herald put me up in a hotel behind the the herald was uh, called the empress hotel again all those buildings are gone now. But the first morning, I remember walking downstairs for breakfast and everybody was wearing a ball cap and everybody was cursing and swearing about Trudeau and the liberals and the federal government. And I'm going, I better be quiet. I, you know, I'm from Ottawa originally. I had no idea what was going on. Years later, I'm in the business. I, I'm working as a business writer at the Herald. And I'm reading a story about the anniversary of the introduction of the National Energy Program, October 8th, or October 28th, 1980. And I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, the day you moved here. Explains everything. <laughs> wow, that is a great story. How come you moved to Nelson? Uh, was it just like, you know, the job offer in the reporting business fresh out of university yeah. or something? Yeah, well, I got out of university. It's kind of weird. And I had a, a degree in journalism at Carleton University in Ottawa. And I started looking for jobs. And ironically, the first job that I got the offer was in Grand Prairie of all places. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and at that time, I was covering sports, right? I was a sports mm -hmm. writer. And so I talked to the 
the, the editor of the Grand Prairie paper. And I was asking, oh, what would I cover? Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, the typical sports that we have is hockey and, you know, and baseball and all that stuff. And then he, and then he said, and chuck wagon racing. I said, what? <laughs> I remember I've just lived all my life in, in Ottawa. I, I had no idea what chuck wagon racing was. And uh, so he kind of explained it to me. And then the irony of ironies was that years later, when I uh, joined the Calgary Herald, guess what? I'm covering uh, for the Herald 10 solid days at the chuck wagon races, right? At the Stampede wow. Park. But, you know, I, I looked at that job and I told him, I give me a day to think. And then I looked at the map and I saw where Grand Prairie was up here on the map in Alberta. I said, nah, I don't think I, I'll make the move. And, and then Nelson came about and I have family and, and relatives in Trail, BC, which is not far away. And I just thought, what the heck, right? And moved there and just absolutely loved it. Absolutely adored that place. Were you a skier? Because I think Nelson might be skiing. No, no. I wasn't a skier, right? And it's funny because I I learned to ski there. uh, Whitewater, I think, at the ski hill there. And then I remember the the manager of the hill calling me and saying, oh, I see you're you're the new sports editor for the paper. He says, why don't you come out skiing? I said, I don't know how to ski, right? Never skied in my life. And he said, well, we'll give you lessons. Okay, sure. So I learned how to ski there. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And you mentioned that you moved uh, there with uh, family in trail. And of course, all these years, I looked at your name and I thought, hmm, it didn't really ring any bells. But most recently, I sort of said, oh, I got to reach out to Mario when I seen a LinkedIn post when you had just been, I don't know, agreed or something on the, is it the Calgary Italian Board of Directors or something? Tell us about your family, your name and this most recent post. Yeah, it's the uh, Calgary Italian Cultural Center. Basically, it's the Calgary Italian Club, right? And yeah, no, they uh, they asked me to, to join the board there and yeah, I look forward to it. I spent a lot of time there. All your listeners, if you want really good food, you know, downstairs in the basement is a little restaurant called La Cantina, and it's operated by Roma Catering. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic food. And this the whole cultural experience, because right beside the dining area are, are five, uh, five boccia lanes. So, uh, so uh, depending on you know when you go in for to dine, uh, you might see some uh, some of the older guys and women playing bocce in, in leagues there. I'm one of I'm actually uh, part of the league there, so I play every week. So cool. Well, I mean, the, having this connection, you assume that all Calgarians know where the Italian club is, but where is it? Actually, I'm thinking it might be up in Crescent Heights. Is it? No. Well, I guess technically it would. Well, I don't know if it's technically Crescent Heights or technically Bridgeland, but it's just off of Edmonton Trail there. Uh, right. You know, uh, northeast, northeast side of... Uh, yeah, as you come down the hill of Edmonton Trail, just before Memorial on the right-hand side, it's right there. So, yeah. And you have a watch with an Italian flag on it. I just saw it <laughs> in our Zoom. So, Mario, tell us about your Italian roots. Are you a first-generation Canadian or what? Tell us about your Italian background. Oh. Okay, so I was born in Ottawa, and I have an older brother. He was born in Italy. But my my father came, I think it was 1952, came to Canada. We're from the northern part of Italy, northeastern part of Italy, better known as like Friuli, basically straight north of Venice, about an hour's drive straight north of Venice, just for some context. So yeah, my dad came. He was in Windsor, Ontario for, for a little while doing construction. Then he moved to Ottawa. 
And then he brought my mom, who was in Italy at the time. He brought her over once he was established here, and my older brother. And yeah, so yeah, it's always. And and you know what the funny thing is, I never knew this, but my wife always talked to my my father for for years about the history of things, etc. But apparently, I I had no um, English when I first went to really? kindergarten. Uh, because I was at home with my mom all day and my mom you know, was at home all the time and she didn't speak much English either. And, and the community in Ottawa, she was surrounded with and all friends were all Italian. So, so yeah, so I, I learned English in kindergarten. <laughs> wow. And how, in your daily activities currently, are you speaking Italian daily? Like no. <laughs> weekly? Like I guess weekly when you're bocce club or well, you know, it it's tough, right? It, I think it's like well, that for anybody, right? If you're separated from the language on a daily basis, you lose it, right? And you know, my my mom passed away like many, many, many years ago. Uh, my dad passed away, I think it's uh going on what 13 years uh, soon. So that daily exposure of talking to them, you lose it, right? You, mm. And uh, so I understand it. I, you know, I can hear, you know, when I play bocce or whatever, I understand what people are saying. Sometimes they're surprised by that. And, but, but, but the speaking part is tough because uh, you have to start formulating the words and in, in your head, et cetera. So, so I, I'd have to be, you know, years ago, we went to Italy as a family on a holiday and for a month. And after a week of, of being just immersed in the the language, like on a daily basis, constantly, it started all coming back to me. So I could, you know, the, the longer that trip was on, the more I was able to converse in Italian. Well, that's great. Mario, what strikes you most about living in Calgary? Wow. <laughs> Big uh, question. You know what? I... What I like the most is almost everywhere you go, the, the nature of things, right? <laughs> Not to be David Suzuki, the nature of things, but, but, you know, right. I, you know, I live in the Northwest and I can see the, the Rockies and the snow-capped Rockies every day, right? I have access to so many different places that I can go to spend time outdoors, even just within your own neighborhood, right? right? Uh, there's there's so much. I'm I'm, I'm close to the Bow River, and all that. I just think that Calgary, you know, with all its landscape and parks, you know, Nose Hill Park, Fish Creek Park, you you name it, right? It's incredible. I'll tell you a quick story. Years ago. I, I was living diff a different place. I was uh, living sort of northeast Calgary, just off the river there and off of Deerfoot. And I would often walk downtown, about a 40-minute walk uh, from there, right? Get on the bike path and, and walk along the river to get, get there. But I'd often grab a bagel and a coffee and sit there where the Eau Claire Y is, right? And yeah. sit there with a newspaper and read or read a book. And I remember one day a guy in a suit, business suit with a little briefcase walking by me. And then he looked at me, kind of smiled, and then he kept walking. And then a few paces later, he stopped, he turned around and he said, you know, he says, I'm from, I think he said, I'm from Ch Ch Chicago. He says, 
what you guys have here, you know, in a park like this, and you know, Princess Island, yeah. right in the heart of downtown, is is absolutely amazing. He said, and he turned around and walked away. Right, and, that's and great. But that's that's to me, that's the the one of the biggest attractions that Calgary has. It's its connection to nature. Hmm, very nice. And these days, this is a kind of a funny question. What's easy for you these days? And maybe you can relate it in the same conversation. What's hard for you these <laughs> days? Well, I'll tell you what's easy. And it's funny because a lot of people who know me and, and, and know the work I do is I, I do a ton of work, like like a lot. And I I, I I kind of pound out things like crazy. And 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 everybody always asks me, well, how do you how do you do this? How do you do this? And I and I, and I keep saying that, well, you know, it's 40 years of doing it, right? It's it's like Gretzky, you know, like how many times that that you know he sat in his, you know, on his rink in his backyard or whatever and just takes took shots and shots and shots and it just becomes routine right I remember there used to be one of the basketball players that I covered in my sports writing days at the University of Calgary Carl Tillman he was he was on the Olympic team and was a member of the University of Calgary Dinos I remember him telling me that that's all he did you know sat in his driveway shooting baskets boom 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 right and and it's kind of like the same thing here like it it, it you know I, I've written so many stories, you know, I, you know, I, I, I know so many people, I know where to go for the stories. So that's what becomes easy. It doesn't mean it's not busy or and challenging because of that, but it's, it's a routine that you developed over the years that, that is uh, beneficial. What's challenging or difficult is kind of sometimes juggling a lot of stuff, right? Because I, I do a lot of work for a lot of different places and and people so um that is uh i have to make sure i'm on top of organizing things and you know i'm a kind of a stickler for organization so you know i i draw up lists you know like and, and stuff like that and just reminders that okay this story is due this day this story is due that day you know all that stuff just to keep me on track and and keep me focused and it all gets done you know every once in a while i'll sit there and go oh my gosh all this work how am I going to get this done and right and then I can I sit back and then and think you know what I've been through this a hundred whatever times hundred hundreds of times and Mm -hmm. it always gets done so uh, just you relax (laughs) curious are you an early morning person oh gosh you are like what time 5 a.m yeah five but today uh, today uh, this morning was four four twenty oh wow so you're yeah, up- oh, i just it, it's so it's so weird i woke up this morning it was 4 20 and and i must have had a good sleep because i thought oh okay time to get up you start your work you're writing at that time early in the morning yeah, i start doing stuff at that time but i always find it's such a it's such a great time, you know. I think there's a there's a book out there, right? Like five a.m. club or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a member. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay, super. But I totally understand and get it, right? Because even way back in my Herald days as well, I used to always I've always gotten up early, and you know at that time I was walking. I was doing a lot of walking, so I would go at five a.m. and go for a long walk, say an hour's walk in the dead of winter, like 30 below with the wind howling, I'd still go. And everything, I always found it such a peaceful time because, 
Nobody in the family is up, right? They're all yeah. sleeping. You know, there's minimal traffic out, out there, minimal people out and about. It was, it's always been a good time in the morning for me to, to think and, 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 and be peaceful and tranquil before the, the whirlwind uh, of activity begins for the day. <laughs> I understand completely. Mario, tell me a little bit about some of your real estate decisions in Calgary. You mentioned that you lived in the Northwest and you mentioned that you lived kind of in walking distance, 40 minutes from downtown, kind of in the Northeast. Yeah. Maybe I'm just guessing that could have been Mayland Heights. And so tell, tell and, and like for the, well, for Calgarians and for maybe non-Calgarians listening to this, you know, once you move to the North, you're not allowed to come to the South again, or actually it doesn't happen a lot. Anyway, can you share a little bit about your real estate decisions like how many homes have you owned in calgary or that sort of thing so this one would be what's the number three third home third home but you know what it's funny uh i was thinking uh fairly recently and recently at how many places i've lived in calgary right and how many different apartments but I, i you know i started you know when when i first came 1980 vacancy was zero like I, I had a tough time finding a place, found a place. <laughs> I found a place in Inglewood along Ninth Avenue there, Atlantic Avenue now, right near where the Ironwood is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, re- and it was the only thing I could find. And I was an up, I think it was about third floor or whatever. And I remember uh, one morning waking up and listening on the radio about a, a biker shot in the middle of the street dead. Right. And I, and I remember going to, going to my colleagues at work saying geez you know hear what happened and 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 I told them and uh, they they all laughed and they said well of course you're living in Inglewood right <laughs> how the hell did I know right I just moved to the city right obviously Inglewood going to get mad at me <laughs> for saying that Inglewood is completely different it's one of my favorite places in the city to to visit and spend time with now but so yeah it was went from there then I uh, went I ended up a kitty corner to the old uh, downtown science center uh, you know on um, I think it's fifth avenue or sixth avenue around there mm-hmm. uh, and then from there I ended up I, I went to the university across from McMahon Stadium these were all apartments and right. I went deer run you know and then I was wow. bone for a while and then I was in Mount Pleasant then Malin Heights and then out here in Silver Springs now so so I've, I've been around different neighborhoods for, for a while oh nice that's, that's great and you know it's funny you mentioned this the south thing because isn't that the case though in Calgary you get into a certain quadrant of the city and your whole life is there yeah. right and you yep. uh, you don't experience different areas like 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 the deep southeast and southwest like for me like oh, boy I don't know I was in mahogany recently yeah. I had no idea <laughs> you, and going to mahogany for whatever the reason it was you were going there like whether to visit a friend or something it's kind of like I'm going to this place that has nothing to do with me or my life and why the hell would anyone live here I'm sure is what you were thinking as most <laughs> Calgarians do about their particular you know where, wherever they land they kind of stay it seems yeah yeah I know <laughs> it's funny yeah because yeah and and in many ways the northwest was always in my DNA so to speak I just thought uh, I, I I just love the Northwest and and I've always wanted to get back after I had been in Malin Heights. Uh, so yeah, interesting. I moved when I moved here. Actually, I lived in Crescent Heights of our first year in an apartment, yeah. and then we moved to Martelloup area, all to the oh, yeah. southwest. Oh, yeah. 
And I've been here ever since. And I cannot imagine ever living in any other quadrant than the Southwest. I could imagine moving out of my community, but I probably won't. But they would only be the Southwest. And that's just something about Calgary and Calgarians. I don't know the answer why. Yeah, and I, I don't, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I, I don't recall you know, that being the case when, you know, you know, I was living in Ottawa, but, you know, in Calgary, it's really a, a, a defined thing that, you know, you, you know, you spend the you know, majority of your time, obviously you do because of where you live, but, but it's also the choice that you, that you want to spend the majority of your time in the quadrant that you live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario, um, you moved to Inglewood and, you know, there was a death there shortly after, you know, motorcycle kind of violence or something. It sounds like you've lived in Bonat. I just want to have, maybe you could share with Calgarians and non-Calgarians a story about the promise of Inglewood that came in Inglewood today is amazing. And then Bonas, let's look at the transition of Bonas since I've moved to the city about in the last 20 years. It's really come a long way. Yeah. Has, has the promise of what uh, we were thinking would happen in Bonas. Has it already occurred? And then related to Forest Lawn, International Avenue. You know, the thing is, though, each of those areas are so unique, right? And they give, you know, in terms of amenities and, and stuff like that, they, they give you so much, right? And, and, and so much to experience. Um, what I find unique, I won't talk about Forest Lawn for a second, but it's just Inglewood and Bowness. What I find unique about those is, is the, the diversity of people there. And of course, when you, you're talking real estate, the diversity of property there, right? Mm-hmm. You've got, like, you take Bowness, for example, you've got, you know, you know, obviously some older homes, smaller homes, a little run down in certain parts of Bowness, but then right around the corner, you've got these multi-million dollar homes. Right. right? It, it, and, and Inglewood's the same way in, in, in many ways, you know, and, and then the, you see the transformation of some of these neighborhoods. Mount Pleasant, where I used to live, is an example. Renfrew is another example. You know, West Hillhurst and, and those yeah. areas where a lot of these uh, older homes are, you know, you know, people buy the property because it's, there's a lot of land on, on those properties and, and basically demolishing the home and putting something new up, right? So uh, it, there's really a transformation in a lot of these neighborhoods. You know, what I'd like to see, and you mentioned like Forest Lawn and International Avenue is, is I'd like to see more of those areas in Calgary, you know, where, where you've got that, and walkability and amenities. Yeah, the walkability, like the yeah. main street idea, whether it's yeah. a 17th Avenue Southwest or it's a fourth street along Mission, you know, that that you can walk in Kensington, you can walk and spend time. You know, I was just doing an interview the other day with on University District, right? And, you know, it's a creation of a, a community where, you know, you know, it's a, it's an overworked phrase, but where people really can live, work, and play, right? And mm-hmm. then everything there, right, for them, right? And and it's uh, those neighborhoods, I think that that develop in that way are are, are the are, you know the kind of attractive neighborhoods for people, right? Mm-hmm. Will Forest Lawn come to uh, like an Inglewood or a Bonesse uh, or a Marta Loop? Like I find, I moved in two thousand to Marta Loop, uh, Altador area. And I think that this, Mike, where I live and what's happened here since I've moved here, 
is you know, the million dollar infills that are happening all over my neighborhood. Like yeah. I feel that this community is exact same proximity to downtown as Forest Lawn. Like I just wonder why Forest Lawn hasn't transitioned like, like Bonus or, yeah. or you know, I, I wonder, will I it come? I don't know. You know what? It's, you know, you know, Forest Lawn has, you know, its own issues. I, right. And I won't get into those because uh, right. a lot of people will get mad at me, but, and uh, you know what, in, uh, in my real estate uh, reporting days at the Herald, I remember doing, you know, a couple of stories because you see the difference in home prices uh, by each quadrant. Right. right. And, uh, yeah. and I remember people getting mad at me when, you know, showing that. And I was saying, Hey, I'm not, it's I'm not, not my fault. Any judgment <laughs> or, or anything on this. I'm just giving you the facts. This is what it is, right? And but you know, you know, when you've got that main drag like that with all those businesses and all those great little you know food food places and etc. It's it's like food heaven out, out there, right? It to, is to experience. So oh, who knows? right yeah. things change uh, over time in, in in neighborhoods and you know as i said you know inglewood's a perfect example i you know you're probably not not because you you said 2003 you came here right i moved to calgary yeah okay i remember <laughs> i remember a few years ago the inglewood and i don't know what their proper uh name is now but it's like the business revitalization zone i remember them putting out ads on, on television right and 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 they were <laughs> i if i recall correctly Correctly, there were a couple of Yahoo guys in a pickup truck driving around Inglewood looking for prostitutes, right? And and whooping and, and stuff like that. And and then they're they're kind of confused because they don't see any prostitutes. And, and they're like shaking their heads, going, what, what's going on here? Right. And 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 the and the message, and I think the tagline was something like Inglewood not what it used to be or not the way you remember it. Interesting. Like that, right? That's great. And so that just shows you that, you know what, slowly but surely, you know, neighborhoods get built. You know, they they, they, they got to start at a small step, you know, like anything and, and start and build on that foundation, right? It's like, oh, geez, look at East Village. Oh my gosh. Like talk, talk about a neighborhood that's been built like incredibly, right? I, right. I remember, I remember the days where, you know, and I called it in, in, in stories, I called it a wasteland. It was, it was an absolute urban wasteland. It just everything gutted, nothing but parking lots and fields there, right? Mm-hmm. And look at it now with all its towers and the library and the music center and right. hotels awesome. and yeah. you name it. Mario, coming sort of the end and watching your time and everything, um, I I was having a conversation recently with a young woman who was working out of her home office in Fredericton, New Brunswick. I guess that she was probably about 32 years old with a couple of small kids. And anyway, I was telling her about a little bit my story about coming to Calgary when I did. And, or just sort of telling why I came to Calgary, you know, the Alberta Advantage, really the schools. And then for my kids. And she said, and she's like, again, I want to keep in mind her age, 32 years old, I guess, from looking. And she said, oh my, that's unusual that I would make that move. Most people are coming this way, you know, meaning Albertans leaving and going back to the East Coast. Can I, can, can you share a little bit about, you know, the boom bust economy in Calgary and how you deal with it? And uh, maybe just your projections of what's going to happen in the next 12 months or five years? Oh boy, that's a... <laughs> a question with a lot of different topics. Let's, yeah. let's talk about you know the the movement first of all. Like a lot of people, 
you know, as you mentioned, that because when the oil patch was quote unquote firing on all cylinders, right, everybody coming here, Saskatchewan, the Maritimes, you know, BC, everybody, you know, Ontario, like, you know, everyone's coming here because there are jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now you're seeing a, a little bit of a difference there that a lot of people went back uh, to the Maritimes. And, but, you know, one of the things that I've come across recently is that, Calgary has become a a fairly attractive place for people because of affordability in homes, right? You know, the home prices here compared to what they would be in Vancouver or Toronto, you know, you know, then then absolutely don't compare. So that becomes an attraction for people to come here, becomes an attraction for businesses to to move to Calgary, right? And and you know, I ha- was having a, a discussion just yesterday with uh, Van Willingen. <laughs> Hope I pronounced his name right. Ducks by uh, chance, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Max, a well-known Cal- Calgary and Alberta businessman. He was just named chair of the uh, business council of Alberta, and you know, we were, we were talking about how you know we tend to forget. Yes, things are are have been rough. They've been rough in Calgary since late 2014 when oil prices collapsed and and have been like that for many, many years. And then, of course, you've got the pandemic. So lots of challenges on the economic side of things. But we tend to forget in all that doom and gloom that a lot of good things and positive things have been happening lately. You know, you know, some of the industries that uh, petrochemicals and hydrogen are, are, are starting to ramp up, you know, and then of course the, the big, the big one is the technology side where we're seeing, you know, there's been a, a whack of announcements recently about things coming like Amazon web services and, and other players in that tech field. So, you know, I think the future looks good, you know, compared to where we've been. The diversity in in the economy is taking place and is, you know, slowly but surely has been taking place in the last few years. That's just going to accelerate, I think, over time. And and all the economic forecasts that I've seen uh, lately show good economic growth for the the, uh, province here next year and the, the year after. Now, obviously, bear in mind that it's compare it's year over year comparisons you know and you know this past year hasn't been great and last year was even worse type thing but 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 you know what got to hold on to the positives right (laughs) and so things look good things look look good going forward you know you know climbing out of that hole that was dug you know that started to to dig in back late 2014 yeah. Mario, um, I love how you say you got to look into the positives. It seems like you're like me in that um, it's way more fun to be an optimist than a pessimist. And people like us more. <laughs> <laughs> it can be draining, right? To, for people to, to be, you know, it, it, can, <laughs> it can be draining for people in a, in a couple of ways. A is constantly being getting the barrage of news and information that is always negative right from from the media that's one thing and then of course you know you can take it on a personal level too right you know you know when when people are continually uh, i guess focusing on the negative uh you know oh we're screwed here like oh geez you know what the you know we got the liberals back in power oh boy right you know yeah, a lot of stuff but uh, you know you can't get into that mindset because 
it's a tough place to dig yourself out of, you know, and just as a side, you know, I don't know if you know, but five, uh, five, six years ago, it'll be six years ago, or next mm-hmm. uh, a month and a half time where I was laid off from the Herald, and, you know, right. and, and you could look at that. And, you know, granted, it's tough to go through a layoff and uh, you, you know, you're in a down period in your life, etc. But if you dwell on that and stay there and with all its, you know, emotions and moods that that brings on, like, for, you know, the fear, the anxiety, the stress, you know, the depression, all, you know, the negativity, all that stuff, if you stay there, you're going to stay there, right? right. <laughs> so, so why not look at it as, as opportunity and, and, and to move on and, and do something, right? And I think, you know, Alberta is the same way, like, you know, you it's the same on a personal level as it is on a on a bigger uh, level, whether it's a business or it's a province or a country. You know, yeah, things are tough, but you know, how do you deal with them? That's that's the key. You know, are you resilient and uh, do you move on? You know, there was a song ATB used to have a commercial. It was "Keep Moving On, Keep Moving On," <laughs> and it was the song right? It's an old. I looked it up. It's an old Sam Cooke song. Keep moving on. Oh, neat. But, but it's a it's it's a it's a great message. Yeah, keep moving on. Cool. Uh, you know, Mary, I, the way that you have transformed your career, or you know, the the career that you started in, the career that you're in now, kind of the same thing. But like, I can't imagine many careers have changed as much as yours and have seen as much change. Well, and you're a real inspiration yeah. for how you you've maintained and stayed so relevant in your career. Well, thank you. You know, I, I'll give this to the Herald, even though they, they laid me off. <laughs> you know, I did have like all of us at that time that were laid off had a kind of a session with about workplace stuff, like uh, mm-hmm. transitioning uh, thing. And this, this was with an independent consultant, right, that, that we had these workshops. And I always remember what she always said to, to us, you know, in those sessions about you know, first of all, f- focusing on what you do and, and what are your skills, et cetera. But then looking at beyond what you've done for, for me with 35 years at the Herald, look beyond that. Okay, how can you take these, these skills and go into different directions? And that, that's, that was a real eye-opener for me because it really opened the door to a lot of different possibilities that, okay, yeah, I'm a writer by trade. I'm a journalist. But where, where else can I use those skills? And uh, so I've done everything like, you know, over the last five and a half years or so, I've done everything from, from editing a, a script for, uh, from a young lady who wanted to do a YouTube uh, video on her uh, life in Rwanda and how she lost all her family, you know, to uh, ghostwriting for uh, business executives for, you know, articles that go into trade publications Mm -hmm. to, you know, podcasts to, to, you know, you know, simple, you know, writing for just different platforms, right? So, so that's the thing. It's, it's just how you see things and how you see uh, the opportunity and keeping yourself open to that. Muriel, you're easy, easy to find on social media and um, you're fun to watch. What's the best way for people to sort of connect with you or see what you're up to? Which, oh which my platform? God. Yeah, you're right. I'm all, uh, you know, everything's pretty simple with me. I, you know, my Facebook is, you know, just my name and LinkedIn, the same thing. I, I post a lot of stuff there on Instagram, same thing, just, you know, Mario Tanaguzzi. And Twitter, I'm trying to remember what that is. I think it's uh, at uh, MT Capitals, M-T-O-N-E-1-2-3, I think it is. But but yeah, yeah, it's, that's, you know, 
I, I'm a big social media fan, a bit, bit of a nut in that regard, but I, everything I do, every place that I write, et cetera, everything I post on all social media channels, uh, I think it's, I think it's the, the greatest things in sliced bread in many ways for, for business, right? Because, you know, I, I don't I think if you're not on social media, whether you're an individual, an entrepreneur or a, or a company, you're, you're missing the boat big time. Muriel, final question. If you had a billboard, your biggest billboard well, in Calgary, let's say, what would it say? What would the billboard say? You know what? I come back to my signature on my emails. And the last, did you notice it, by the way? I'm trying to think what I did notice your <laughs> signature, but I don't remember a caption or a, a tagline. Oh. The cap- uh, caption at, at the bottom is Carpe Diem. So, Carpe Diem, seize the day. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now on another screen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Carpe seize Diem. The day. And I, I, I lived by that, I think, my whole life. More so more so in recent years, you know, become more of a philosophy of mine than, than anything. So, yeah. Mario, thank you very much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have a face-to-face with you for the first time. Well, thank you. That was excellent. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this.